This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us for another episode of A Star Wars Journey with Ashley and Brandy. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brandy. And uh, we're very happy to have you here with us uh, for today's episode. We're going to be talking about um, the Gina Carano business that just went down last week. We can't really avoid that white elephant. Um, And then we're going to be talking about Pedro Pascal's recent casting in The Last of Us. And then we got a couple uh, questions uh, from some Twitter followers that we're going to be answering. So that should be fun. Let's let's, uh, go ahead and talk about Gina. And what went down with her last week? I'm, I'm sure anybody listening right now, uh, you know, you're into Star Wars and you watch The Mandalorian. You already know. You yeah. already know what happened. So um, we've been kind of quiet about it, kind of letting the dust settle for the last few days to sort of gather our, our thoughts and feelings about the matter. Yeah, just just putting it out there under a rock. She's no longer affiliated with Disney and Lucasfilm after a series of... Some would say incendiary tweets um, Wednesday. Right. Um, and then, yeah, th- this may have been, this is something, you know, she hasn't really been getting along with executives at Disney because of some of her viewpoints. And this has been going on. Uh, this could have been in the works for a while now because the the last commissioned Mandalorian art for the show was months ago and it did not include her dune. So I don't know if that was like something that it kind of harkened to what was coming or they were preparing for it, or maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it had nothing to do with it. I don't know. Right. Um, but also, um, and we, we both know, we both just read that Hasbro has canceled the, her action figures. Well, so she is, um, she's off up. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh Lucasfilm made it very clear that they want nothing to do with her in the future. Um and yeah. she's you know pretty much made it very clear that she's fine with it and has moved on to other things. Um so I Yeah, she's got a new film coming out, so um some project she's doing with Ben Shapiro, so whatever, you know. Right. Uh, she, you know, seems to have accepted what has happened. And, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't. Well, I guess I should say I wasn't shocked when I heard the news because I, I knew that what she was doing for a while since I think last October was when it really started right. to get bad. Uh, I, I figured it was just a matter of time, you know, because yeah. just the reality of the world we all live in. This isn't just actors. It's all of us, right? You know, we have a job and we have to be careful about what we put on social media um, because we're ultimately bound to our employer these days. Whatever we say or do in our free time still reflects on our employer and we have to be careful and walk that tight rope. Um, It doesn't mean I agree with it exactly because I still think freedom of speech is very sacred, right? That should be protected at all costs. Um, Right, absolutely. But uh, I do understand from a business point of view why Disney did it. Um, And this is, you know, this is nothing new. I think this is just something we're going to see more of because social media. Uh, I think it's such a problem. People, you know, behind the safety and protection of their phone and screen, you know, you just have a lot more courage. People are warriors. Maybe you wouldn't say in a room full of people. (laughs) 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And and you're bringing up, you know, what you said so that you're not surprised and you understand it from a business perspective. Um, I completely agree. Uh, it really kind of boils down to a breach of contract. She um, yes. was in opposition of her contract that she signed with Disney and they're not going to tolerate that. That's what happened. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, you know, I, I can't help but think that she you know, almost wanted to get fired because she was just so aggressive and she doubled down. I heard there was, you know, she was warned multiple times to stop and she just kept going. So I don't know. Right. She, she wanted to make a point and she made it. Um, she should have known better. I, I personally, you know, I, uh, there are a lot of people, I mean, everyone's got an opinion, you know, everyone's got an opinion and you have a right to that opinion. Um, I, pers yes. I personally liked her character. I liked Kara on the Mandalorian. Um, yes, I did too. And you and me both, we're, we're both like this. We're, we're real shippers at heart. We're constantly looking for the next ship. And this, <laughs> this was the, yes, girl, this was the rare occasion where I didn't ship her with the main character. I didn't ship her with Din. I actually enjoyed that. No, I never did. Version. No. You know, I just, I really enjoyed yeah. it. It was different. And I'm going to miss that because he really, he really had grown to trust her, you know, especially in this last season. Um, one thing that really stuck out to me was uh, the episode where they had to get Mayf Mayfield to get the, yeah. uh, for the ship. He had to take off his Beskar and pose as a stormtrooper. And he gave her his Beskar. I mean, that was yeah. huge. That's huge. You know? It's huge. And, you know, I really love her whole, um, I'm going to miss the character. I'm going to go on the record and say I'm going to really miss um, the character. I don't think they'll recast. I think that would be a mistake. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to miss seeing her and really knowing more about her history and her past as a, as a uh, dropper um, or shock trooper. Um, I, I just think that, you know, she was not, Gina, but Kara, um, was a role model for a lot of young girls. And I just think that it's a loss to Gina, um, at, by her own hand that, yes. that we'll no longer see that on screen. I think that's a loss. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm not going to pretend I'm not angry at her for ruining it, you know, cause it didn't have to. Right. You pissed away a good job. It really did. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, uh, so that's I think that's basically all our thoughts on that whole matter. Yeah. Um, I as for the the future of the the show, I mean, as you said, I I don't see them um, recasting her or anything. I the show will ultimately be fine without her. Yeah. Uh, there's enough going on that you know they're they're going to be delving into all that business on Mandalore and you know f you know all of that stuff so i'm not worried about the future of the show or anything they're going to be fine without her um well the really cool it. thing about it is um the way that the finale ended they're they're really at, at a good spot they could just kind of send her back to navarro yeah, exactly yeah i mean anything could have happened to her and she can go out back to navarro and do her own thing and yeah yeah okay so uh we got that out of the way what other <laughs> what other news is there Oh, that was a biggie. Um, Dora's new project, actually, that that news broke the same day as the news about Gina, which it was kind of like, yay. And then it was kind of like, oh. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Pedro, yeah, Pedro's got new projects in the works. One is a film called The Bubble. 
Um, it's about actors in a hotel during the pandemic, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I know. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, and uh, the other one is The Last of Us, which is a film adaptation of the popular console game. That's really going to be. I, I've never played the game myself. I really want it now because you know we had this discussion. I'm really interested about his main character, Joel. Um, it would be notable to add that this project has first position over the Mandalorian, which is, you yeah, know, let's talk about that a little bit because people are starting to freak out and I really, right. think that, you know, we don't need to freak out about any of this. Um, I think he's completely committed to the Mandalorian. I don't think that there's any problem there. No, no. I think that the fact that the Mandalorian is so incredibly flexible when it comes to production, it's because of the volume, the fact that he wears a helmet majority of the time, or at least we think he's still going to be wearing his helmet in season three. Um, And just a majority of the work he does, it's all voice and that can be done absolutely anywhere. Um, Yeah. A lot of his stuff is post-production. Yeah. Yeah, so I I really am not worried about anything happening with his character, his commitment to the project. I mean, he would be, it would be career suicide to walk away now. I mean, let's get real. (laughs) Yeah. You don't walk away from the very thing that's made you like a world superstar. So I don't, I don't care how many opportunities come your way. You don't, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. No, definitely not. So maybe uh, Gina should have taken that advice. But so we're happy for Pedro. Uh, I'm really looking looking forward to his projects. Yeah, I'm um, happy for him playing a, another dad. You know, he can just play all the dads he wants because he he's got that character look, nailed down. That <laughs> he's he's a single dad. That's his shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm loving it. I, I, there's too. there's no reason for him to stop. Definitely not. Uh, there's also rumors about uh, a new Star Wars shooter that's coming to PC and console. Um, there is a new Ubisoft game in development that's reportedly open world, which an open world Star Wars game would be incredible. Um, that's in the early stages of development. That's not, that'll be a while till we see that. Um, also, I don't know if you're familiar with, 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 uh, Battlefront 2, the console game. I PC game. To be completely honest with you, I'm not much of a gamer, so when it comes to all game stuff, I'm gonna throw that back to you. <laughs> okay, well, I love Battlefront too. I have it and I play it um, frequently. The boys love Battlefront too. My nephews, uh, and so the story arc in that game is a character called Iden Versio, and the actress Janina Gavankar teases that her story is not over and that it could possibly be set a a follow-up to that story in the era of the Mandalorian. Um, She teases, yeah, I know. She teases this news on Twitter and she tagged the writers of Battlefront 2 who actually added to her tweet saying, yeah, she could be back. She could be ready to be a mother. Anything could be going on with her, but I think she's ready to have more stories told. So, I think that there's really something in the works with her. And I don't know, it could be a guest star on The Mandalorian, um, or it could be another video game. Um, fun fact, she's actually already been on The Mandalorian. She played the puppeteer. Uh, she was a puppeteer for the Mon Calamari in The Cute Sweater, who tried to repair Din's oh. ship in Season 2, Episode 3. That was her. 
Really? I didn't yeah. know that. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. And so we all love him. We love Sweater Guy. We love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's so sweet. He's so cute. I love him. He's the best. Um, right. Okay. So this this last bit of news is is kind of conjecture. There is news. There is a Darth Vader comic, and this is a scene from the comic. But what it could mean is actually some conjecture on Reddit. But it's I thought it was notable enough to talk about. Okay. Um, all right. So there is a new issue of the Darth Vader comic that shows Vader having a vision of his empire battle with Luke, as well as a battle as the battle with Obi-Wan on Mustafar. And so we know these comics are canon reportedly in the comic Vader will travel to Exegol. So we know really? we, we remember Exegol, right? So some, <laughs> no, Refresh my memory. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, Exegol is is like where the Sith headquarters is, and in Revenge, in Rise of Skywalker, that's where Ray finds Palpatine, and where Ben comes, and they kiss. And, oh God! Yay! That's right. Oh, that was in that was in Rise of Skywalker. No wonder I forgot. You you, you blocked it out of your mind, girl. I did. <laughs> it's that it's that post traumatic stress coming back. Uh, so he's he's reportedly going to travel to Exegol, where some redditors theorize that he will learn more about the cloning program that allowed Palpatine to sustain his life before Return of the Jedi. Okay. So so this is all kind of theoretical, but it kind of blew my mind. So I'm like, I want to throw this out there. Um. Because Vader to Luke in Empire Strikes Back was all, we can overthrow the Emperor and rule his father and son, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so, but in Return yeah. of the Jedi, he actually is completely flipped of that. And he's like, it's pointless to resist my son. So maybe something that he yes. learns between Empire and Return of the Jedi makes it, make, that's true. changes his mind to how powerful Palpatine is. That is interesting. Yeah, there there could possibly be something there now that you say that. Yeah. So we know he's going to have the the visions. We know he's probably going to Exegol, but the rest of it was conjecture. But I thought it was super incredible. It kind of blew my mind. That is really cool. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't be disappointed if they went that route. Oh, no, no. I think that we're going to see more and more content. It's going to try to fill in the gaps that the sequel left. left. Well, I agree. That was the one thing that um, I remember. I read an article. I think we talked about this last week. Um, it was an interview with Favreau from the Writers Guild of America, and he was just talking about that huge gap between where yeah. the Mandalorian is right now and the timeline and the sequels. I mean, right. they got a lot of time still. So there, imagine the stories that can be told oh, yeah. you know, in that time frame. The, the possibilities are truly endless <laughs> yeah they really are um we got we got some questions from twitter uh i kind of put it out there if anybody had anybody anything to ask that do it because we're recording in a couple of hours so here we are um okay one of our followers rural farm boy who's super nice um okay. ask what's your favorite stormtrooper so what's my favorite stormtrooper yeah um we had talked about this before. The the ones the uh, uh what, are, what are the names? They're on the speeders in the woods. Oh my gosh, the, the scout troopers. Guys. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I, like I love them. I, like I love them. this. I love them. That um, I love the the fact that they ride the speeder bikes and they feature huge in Return of the Jedi, which uh, is my favorite Star Wars film, of course, my favorite film of all time. Right. 
It's the one I've seen the most. That's probably why I like them so much. Yeah, um, yeah, I've seen that one the most. And then we both like the snow snowtroopers for me. North, yes, so. you're you're a northern girl, so that's exactly that's right up your alley. Snowtroopers for me have always been so fascinating ever since um, Vader arrived on Hoth in Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And we see those snowtroopers, yes. and they're all covered, and they just look so badass. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really does something Absolutely. to me. I love it. So, Rural Farm, farm Boy, we love snowtroopers and scout troopers. So, thank you for the question. That's right. Um, another question came from Roe, who is one of our fearless leaders at Red 5 Network. Uh, and he wanted to know that since we've been watching the Clone Wars... What are we aren't getting this story as lumber nerds are? And he, he goes on to say it's not required, but it does make it more rewarding on the on the whole on getting the whole story of Clone Wars rather than just kind of bits and pieces. I agree with him completely, even though we've only finished season one. Right. We've only watched season one, but with what we have seen already with season one, um, I, I think that you're doing a dessert. If you're a Star Wars fan, if you like the, you know, if you're just like me with having only seen the movies, you know, and I haven't even seen all the movies, I think that we have been given a great opportunity to get to you know, know these characters and find out where they come from and get more of this information and backstory so that we can appreciate these new, you know, series that are coming out. Um, I mean, I think that we really missed out when we were introduced to Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, the, the characters that we didn't even meet, but we heard mention like Grand Admiral right. Ron. Um you know, if we had seen the Clone Wars and we had seen Rebels, that was exciting, you know, so we, we missed out on that excitement. But there's still an opportunity to be, you know, to see that in the yeah. future, to be excited and to have that. Yeah. Build up. I just uh, I, I think that uh, anyone that hasn't seen Clone Wars should really watch it. I mean, we've only finished the first season, but it's every episode. I, I mean, am I lying? Every episode gets. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's like taking a bite of steak. Than rather than having the whole meal, the Clone Wars kind of provides you the whole meal. It's the whole, it's the whole experience. And so, we're newbies. We are season one vets, um, but we're newbies to the rest of the series. Uh, and I'm to what we discover along the way, and how it helps us appreciate the Star Wars canon as a whole. Exactly. So yeah, anyone listening that hasn't watched Clone Wars, just watch it. I mean, don't be like Brandy and I. It's not, you know, a kid's show by by any means, even though kids can enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but topics they delve into, the philosophy, I mean, it gets deep. Yeah, it, it gets really deep. Like, it gets wow, dark. That affected me. That was profound. To me, it gets dark. And dark. Yes, and it gets dark. Yeah. Um, so it's I think you're just doing a disservice to yourself as a Star Wars fan. Just watch it. It's amazing. Just watch and it's it. gonna get better. I haven't even seen you know, I only saw two episodes a season two, but it's just I'm I'm completely blown away. That's my only Yeah. So um, it's it's Valentine's so, Day actually. So happy Valentine's oh, yes, Day, everybody right. listening. So so we spoke about this earlier, but since it's Valentine's Day and I've been looking at gifts and, and pics on Twitter all day, what is your favorite Star Wars ship? Oh, this is well. Actually, I should just come right out and say Raylo because that. <laughs> yes. You know, that. Yes. I just, you know, oh, Raylo forever. And, you know, I, what, what rises to me? It just broke my heart into a thousand pieces. Um, yeah. 
But uh, oh, Raylo did something to me. I, you know, I gotta say, I didn't see it in Force Awakens. I, I didn't understand like where these shippers were coming from with this relationship. Right. That's fair. Last Jedi really did it for me. You know what Ryan Johnson was able to accomplish there. Yeah. That really spoke to me. It's amazing. Um, I was going to second you and say Raylo. Um, I'll, I have a soft spot in my heart for Han and Leia because I think that they went on such oh, a journey together. Given. Yeah. They're just, they're so classic. But Raylo really, really touched something in me because it was more redemption uh, of two people who would have otherwise never found each other. But it's, it's, it's really, yes. it's, you know, it, it's a beautiful story. Um, I just really rue the way it ended um, and that they didn't get more time together to really explore their relationship. Exactly. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I just I just want to shout them out today because it's uh, they deserve better. That's right. So so favorite ship of Star Wars is Raylo. We are not ashamed to admit it. I'm not ashamed, girl. And and we're not bitter. No, we're not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> it will live on in fan fiction. Oh right? yes, absolutely. We're gonna have to talk about fan fiction. I've got a I've got a shout out. Um, uh, Pink Milk, which is a podcast uh, that we follow each other on Twitter, and they did a show the other night just about fan fiction, and it was okay, incredible. Really? And we've got to do one, uh, and we, we do. Got to do one Absolutely. and talking about, and, and maybe that that's another opportunity we could have um, Tiffany on. Yes, we got to have Tiffany on for this one. I think what we should do is each of us should pick our best fic or favorite yeah. fic. You know, and we can share it and talk about oh, it absolutely. and see where it works in canon. And yeah, that would be fun. We're, we will do that. Work that into the schedule. We're doing it. Things are, be, are happening live. Where it's Ideas are being born. Perfect. All right. Well, let's dive into the Clone Wars then. Uh, we watched episodes 13 uh, through season two, right. episode two. We covered what a lot that? of ground. We did. Yeah, we finished season one into season two. So the, the episode 13 was Jedi Crash. That was when we were introduced to, and am I saying her name? I was Ayla, uh, yeah. Sakura. But I really did like the episode. Um, you get to see Ahsoka handle the pressure knowing Anakin is in critical yeah. condition and she had to leave him. And that whole discussion on attachments, you know, I, I really am kind of fascinated by this, you know, philosophy regarding attachments. Um, I can understand how that works for the Jedi. But again, I still don't see it as a totally bad thing, I guess, when it comes to the, you know, romantic relationships yeah. and stuff. Um, and I think you share. We do. do and I, I, what I would love to see going forward in canon is a Jedi order that that actually embraces attachment as a strength instead of a weakness. And, and yes. Luke did that in the, in legends in the expanded universe with his new Jedi order. He, you know, was married and, and it was no longer frowned upon to have quote attachments. And it, the new Jedi order was stronger because of that. Um, so I, I really am excited to see kind of where they go in Canon. Uh, I hope that Luke trains Grogu in that same way, that he recognizes the attachment that Ahsoka saw and realizes that it could be actually a boon for him or a strength um, to make him, you know, 
a more loving and powerful person uh, in his training. So uh, I really do hope that Luke goes that direction because um, we know we did it in the expanded universe, but I'm not sure what they're going to do with canon. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that Luke will embrace that. And I think that it just, um, you know, given that, Again, you know, Favre and Filoni, they're not idiots. They know that the relationship with Din and Grogu is essential to the Mandalorian. And I do think that they're going to use that to their advantage. I do think that, you know, if Grogu is allowed to still, you know, have his attachment to Din, that that is going to make him stronger and more powerful, especially when he can reunite with Din and they can be a team. You know, like we talked about that last week about how what a great team they're going to be. So I, for one, am excited about that. Um, and then the other thing that I liked that just stood out to me with this episode that it was kind of a reoccurring theme in a lot of the other episodes we watched uh, was the whole philosophical discussion on war yeah. and peace with the Lerman yeah. colonists and Ayla. I thought that was really interesting. Yes, I did too. Yeah. Let's see. That was a two-parter too. Is I think they in episode fourteen, Defenders of Peace, they're still with the Lerman colony, and um, they have to defend against the the separatists right. that show up. Right? They come in with that huge ship, that huge shuttle that they built a fortress around. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but it was really kind of cool. Uh, you pointed this out. What Anakin said to the Lerman, I forget his name, the the head Lerman guy, how. Um, he didn't want them fighting to protect them. Like he would rather have died. And Anakin said, you stand by your. Yes. I love that. That's such a good quote. It really was very profound. And then episode 15 trespass. I enjoyed this episode uh, mainly because, you know, as political as I'm going to get on this show, I'm very anti-war. So I love the whole plot of the episode and what the Senator, that Senator was trying to accomplish through, you know, diplomatic means, not through, let's not let's just slaughter all these these species here because we don't like them or they're right you know we don't want them here so i really liked this episode as well um i'm sorry what are your thoughts on no that? you're good <laughs> just that quote standing by your beliefs and let us stand by ours is so good um just that uh just highlighting that he was he was a good jedi once that he was a good teacher um and i also thought it was this whole episode was yeah. an interesting take on sticking to your beliefs and having to make unavoidable choices. I, I really, yes. really like that. Um, yeah. Episode 15. Um, I love their winter gear. Like I'm an aesthetic person. So it's kind of like, I love their winter gear um, with the Jedi insignia on it. Um, I love that these species are the, fir- or some of the ones that we met in a new hope in the Mos Eisley Cantina. Uh, I love that. I had never heard of the convention of civilized systems before. Um, so that was a new one on me. And then those wise words from Obi-Wan at the end, make the peace last, uh, was just kind of, you know, was super, yeah. super profound. Um, I'm, I'm really warming Fair. up to Obi-Wan. Uh, I really, I, I'm really warming up to his interactions with Anakin. Um, you know, Ro, uh, listened to our episode three. Thank you. Uh, and he commented on Twitter, uh, you know, how, how we were talking about how snide and condescending Obi-Wan was. And he's like, you got to think about it like brothers ribbing each other. And so it, it kind of made, it kind of made a little bit more sense that way. 
um, they, they've got this friendly rivalry going and we've never really seen it before. And so they're just kind of like ribbing at each other, like, you know, joking around or, or whatever. That is a good point. I mean, essentially they are the closest thing. to Exactly. Right. Yes. So, I mean, but, but yeah, no, I guess that makes sense now. So I, I appreciate that perspective, yeah. bro. Thank you. Um, I agree with you. I actually did uh, find Obi-Wan a little bit better this time around. Um, I feel like his character, they're, you know, it's getting better. I'm not as annoyed with him as I was um, during the first right, me two either. episodes that we watched. So, um, yeah, the chairman. Oh, though, my was gosh. <laughs> was he? <laughs> right. It's like, man, dude, who put you in charge? He reminded me a lot um, of Palpatine. So, yes, I agree. Yeah, he was just unbearable. Um, I think he, he ended up. Yeah, dying, yeah, though, right? he made it. He um, did. I think, or did he die? Yeah, he died. I think he, he died. did die. I'm pretty sure he died because he was talking to the senator from Pantora, and she, um, that was when she went out and right. made, you know, that peaceful resolution. Yes, the, the tolls. The tolls, yeah. I think that's what they're called. So overall, I did really like that episode. So then we move into episode 16, The Hidden Enemy. That was a quiet episode. Yeah, it was for only me. okay for me. I think for you where they were trying yeah. to find out who the spy was. Yeah, I am. Um, I couldn't really get into it. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. But uh, then episode 17, the blue shadow virus. Um, I didn't really like that word virus because I'm trying to escape. Exactly. Fandom is my safe haven. So I love the quote, though. Hope is is disease. I wrote that down as well. I wrote that down as well. It was Uh, another Padme and uh, Jar Jar back in action. Um, Jar Jar getting injured and then somehow helping out anyway by finding out the location of the attack. So that was funny. Right. That was funny. It's amazing how things work. What did, what did, um, Tiffany say that he was failing his way to success? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, I, I always like seeing, yeah, she's great. I like Padme. Um, you know, she's not one to, she's not like a typical Senator that just sits and, you know, does nothing she actually she's actively trying to do whatever she can to get results so i i like her i'm continually baffled that everyone especially obi-wan isn't that the truth or an anakin's relationship <laughs> i just i mean come That's on guys i can spot that from a so away. obvious um the so bombs just here. as you're gathering your thoughts for the next episode the the virus bombs all lined up like that reminded me of the bombing scene from the last Jedi, the last Jedi. Yeah, that's a good. Point. Yeah, it totally reminded me of that. So that was kind of cool. That is cool. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Johnson got that. Right. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't either. From yeah. watching the Clone Wars. So then we have episode 18, Mystery of the Thousand Moons. I found this episode a little more interesting. It's definitely a high stakes game now that the virus, it was unleashed. And I right. think Ahsoka and Padme were both exposed to it. So I thought it was interesting. They said about the planet being cursed. It just it yeah, that's a good point. Thought about Mandalore being cursed. I got teary eyed when the clones were dying and Padme was trying to help one, and she says, "What a waste!" And the clone responded, "With all due respect, Senator, this is what these yeah, I know that was so sad." And then, what about how brave it Ahsoka was. is? Like she's she's she saves the day by <sighs> keeping the blast doors open. She exposes herself to the virus. She's still sick, still fighting. Girl, she is so great. I love her so much. 
I am very much team Ahsoka here. And then uh, I also thought that um, this was the episode with the kid program the droids to serve him, right? Yeah, as I yes, think that's I love that. I thought that was a nice moment of levity. But uh, I also thought that Anakin saw himself in the kid a little bit. And maybe it kind of brought him back to his days of like oh, working on yeah. droids on Tatooine. Because I, I just, you know, he was, because he was kind of like, you know, very precocious. And so was Anakin. I agree completely. There's no way he didn't see that kid and not see yeah. himself. Um, and then, so then the next three episodes, they all center yes. around mm-hmm. Ryloth. So episode 19, uh, it's a rough road that leads to heights of greatness. Mm-hmm. I think that was the quote for that one. This was where Ahsoka goes. Yes, this, I love this mission. episode. This was great. I did too. Um, I love uh, I love her relationship with the clone troopers, and um, I love what she said. We're not retreating. We're following orders. There's a big difference there, right. and um, I think that it really speaks to her maturity. Uh, she matures a lot in this episode because so much happens, but she has a lot of maturity going in as well. Um, just speaking to her experience in the field and under Anakin's tutelage. I, I just, I feel like it was a coming of age moment for her when she lost her squadron, learning to trust her superiors and herself. Uh, I just love this episode so much. It was one of my favorites that we watched last night. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, just seeing how, you know, she was, you know, kind of doubting herself. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, dealing with the disappointment. And yeah, I mean, it was I really did like it. And I liked how um, Anakin, though, even though he had was initially disappointed with her for what happened, he still believed in yes. her. And he gave her a chance to prove herself again. Um, and so I, I just love that, you know, even though she let him down, he still believed in her yeah. and kept and gave her another chance to. Not only prove to him, but to prove to herself, too, that she was capable, that she was still a good Jedi. And then, so that was episode 19. Yep, that was a good one. This, okay, I have here in my notes, this is the my favorite episode of the season. And it says, uh, so this is the innocence of Ryloth. The cost of war can never be accounted for. True. Um, true words were never spoken there. This is the one where the one of the clone troopers takes a liking to one of the little... Um, Twi'lek. How do you say that? Uh, I already Twi'lek? said Twi'lek, but I've heard Twi'lek. people say Twi'lek. So so yeah, I, I just love this episode. Everybody knows why. Absolutely. It reminds me of the Mandalorian. And, you know, I just, I have a type. I have a type, apparently. Well, he's adopted a little green child. (laughs) So it's kind of like, it's it's hard not to, you know, make those parallels. Exactly. And seeing, even seeing Obi-Wan carry carry her gave me... Gave me all the feelings. I kid you not. My ovaries exploded. Uh, I loved loved this episode. I thought it was cute. Um, and that uh, those little uh, creatures, yeah, though, yeah, and the droid commander um, for the separatist and his monotone voice got on my nerves so badly. That was uh, really, yeah. really tough for yeah. me. I, I think I was really glad to see them yeah. tear him apart. <laughs> oh, did you see the part when the, the Quilix were tearing him apart? And, <laughs> and she looks, she looks anyway. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> she looks anyway. I thought that was funny. So I, I really enjoyed the yeah. instance of Ryloth. That was a good one. Um, and then episode uh, 21 was Liberty of Ryloth. I wrote, this ep was a snoozer for me. This was all oh, right. It was such a disappointing entrance episode. for him as well into the action. 
Yeah, because I love Mace Windu, and I just thought this. The only it was a drag. It was boring. It was a snoozer. And the only the only notable thing for me was the appearance of Blurgs. Um, and of course, Blurgs are in the Mandalorian. That's what Quill and Dean ride to where uh, Baby Yoda is or Grogu. So then we got episode 22, Hostage Crisis. This is where, ah, this is where we, we get that glimpse of yes. Anakin and Padney's marriage and how Anakin, you know, getting anxious to. He's get such away a romantic. He really is. He was kind of tugging at my heartstrings here. I'm like, just Padme, go, girl. girl. Le- leave Jar Jar to the Senate. He's done it before. They're married. He's right? got it. Yeah. Jar Jar's got this. <laughs> oh, and this is where we get introduced to. Uh, how do you say his name? Is it Cad or Cade? Uh, Cad Bane? Cad, yeah, I think right? it's Cad. Yeah, Cad Bane. I don't know why, but I like him. I just I feel like I was watching I, an old I, western. I put Old West Outlaw him. in my um, notes, so yeah, that's exactly the feel I got from him. Um, I really liked him, um, and so I was excited to see that his character is, is going on through season two. I, I hope he yeah, me too. for a while because I like him. Yeah, Obi Wan oh, would love lost that his lightsaber again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't tell Obi Wan. <laughs> and uh you know i, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get a you know exchange between padme and um organa about how oh uh, yeah how do you have master skywalker's padme. lightsaber that he would right. never ever relinquish to anyone right. even in death so that's not unusual exactly. right now that little role playing that they did it's like you know it was so dang obvious it's like anyone, i know i love when he was half out of it like and he reaches up on, to but... touch her face i mean the ma- the man is killing me yes i'm glad you caught that but she had to i know i know like, oh boy and i love I lo- anytime i see bail organa i'm like it's yeah, leia's no, daddy I can't, I can't ever get over him. I love, I love them. I was, we're done with season one and now we're on to season two, the Holocron heist. A lesson learned is a lesson earned. That's a good one. Um, oh, this is Why? where Ahsoka gets demoted and has to work in the Jedi archives. And I wrote that I, I secretly envy her because I would love to work I will in the take archives. The- <laughs> if I was, if I was in the Star Wars yes. universe, I don't want to be on the front lines. I want to be in the archives. So, and I mean, it was no surprise to either of us. Uh, Palpatine was introduced to Cad Bane in the season one right. finale. So, of course, he's going to enlist his help to recover Yeah, the and this is the first Holocron, time we see a right? changeling since Attack of the Clones, which is cool. I wrote, wow, I did not see that coming using Madame. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't right. see the, that he used Madame Jocasta. And he yeah, that, that's interesting. They, they can fight with a lightsaber. So, I'm like... So this changeling takes over someone. Yeah. Do they take on their skills, and so, or or like do they just take on the visage? Because you know I was confused. Yeah, I was confused too because I mean they were very well trained to go up against Ahsoka. I mean Ahsoka may be a Padawan, but she has oh, yeah. proven that yeah. she is very advanced in her skills. So to, be able to go up against her. Um, they had yeah, me as well. as well. So I found that kind of interesting. But overall, I, I did like that episode. And then episode two, Cargo and Doom. This was a good one. Let's see. Overconfidence is the most dangerous form True. of carelessness. Boy, that's I agree with that. I I got really sad and uncomfortable almost with the torture right. scene with Master yeah, that was Paul. Yeah, I just thought, dang. Yeah, they really have it. This is the first time we also yeah, see um, Ahsoka wearing um, something different, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is the first time she's yeah, wearing like a, a, it's like an all red suit or something. Um, not her normal, not her normal attire. So this is the episode. So Mola Rapal has a crystal containing the names of every force sensitive child in the galaxy, I, which they say is the future of the Jedi Order. So Sidious wants this information. Don't know if he's using it because he wants to eradicate all these force sensitive children, or does he want to use them? For his own benefit, turning them to the dark side early. We could, um, yeah. I suppose maybe we'll find out. I love that whole yeah. sequence of Anakin opening uh, the holocron because oh. we knew he was going to do it to save Ahsoka. We knew that. Yeah, because he is Mister Attachment. Yes. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed, it. and I loved how at the end when they escape, Anakin wanted to run after Bane, but it was Ahsoka yeah. that reminded him about patience. You know. She had to right. remind her master about patience, and he stopped and he acknowledged her. And he says, "You're right," and it just—I I love that. It's like already we're in episode two of season two, and we just exactly. see her character growing and growing more and more. And I just—I just loved it. Yeah, I, it was I, a good one. I loved this episode. Um, probably my favorite of the season so far. I'm sure that will change, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm loving I'm loving the Clone Wars. I'm I'm happy we're already into season two. I'm excited about next week um, because we're going to yes. be getting some Mandalorian storylines. There's some things going down on Mandalore, so I'm I'm eager to see what's going on there. Yes, I, I feel really that. good that we're season one vets now. That I feel like we have more credibility as fans. It's yes. kind of like you know, hey, I agree completely. Yeah, we've got season one under our belts now, and uh, by next week right. we'll have half of season two down. Oh, did you want to just give a heads up to our listeners that we're going to have a very special oh, guest yeah. on our show um, next week? Brad yeah. from uh, the Scarif Scuttlebutt, uh, and also one half of Red Five Network will be joining us for a discussion on the second half of season two. So please stay tuned for that. Scarif Scuttlebutt is an awesome podcast. I listen every week or whenever they drop new apps. And uh, he's being super supportive and really hyped to come on and uh, talk Clone Wars with us. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I am too. I'm really excited to meet someone from the Red 5 Network and especially someone that's been so supportive yeah. as Brad. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So be sure to stay tuned next week. And um, yeah, we're going to be heavy into season two of the Clone Wars. So can't wait to... Can't wait to get into it. You know, I love uh, season one, and I think it's only going to get better. In fact, I know it's only going to get better because I've heard people talk. Yeah, I've heard people right, say, just wait. just wait, just wait. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And join us next week for another episode of A Star Wars Journey with Ashley and Brandy. You all have a wonderful night. May the Force be with you. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>